Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Uncaptured. We are invaded by red, by a sea of red. We have the distinct <laughs> pleasure and honor of speaking with Mr. Julius Malema, who's the leader of the EFF. He will be our guest in the studio for the entire hour. So if you have any questions for us, if you want to contribute to the conversation, 086-00-0059. Our WhatsApp line is 0636-880-959. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at KFM. 95.9 Hashtag Kaya Uncaptured with my handle At Mutomadzu Of course mine is At Ndumiso Yes sir Good afternoon, afternoon Mr. Julius afternoon. And welcome to Uncaptured Thank you Thank you for having us How, how come you haven't been here before? Hey, I don't know <laughs> uh, You know You know why <laughs> We certainly have tried Welcome Just to kick it off You must be as upset as we are um, About the um, ruling of the Court of Arbitration for Sports Which has in effect Ruled against our very own Ukasta Semenya. What was your response? South Africans are responding with anger, with um, shock. Um, what would, what would, what should be our response? How are you feeling about it? Well, uh, it is disappointing, uh, but knowing that uh, the world is uh, patriarchal, it oppresses women. Um, it always find fault in African women, in particular. Uh, it is not that shocking to some of us. If you say you want to do the things that they say they want to do to Casta, and you look at Casta's record compared to that of men, it's nowhere close. She still can't go anywhere close to men. So where is she going to run? With who is she going to run if she's been characterized like that by those who can't beat her? and want to use all types of shenanigans to slow her down so that uh, the titles and the records uh, she has set can be won by other people other than uh, African women. She must know that it is not about her, it's about the hatred of African women which exists all over the world and uh, she must never get tired. It is not her individual battle. It is our battle, all of us, until the world begins to appreciate that women are equal to all of us and they don't deserve to be treated differently, particularly African women. Indeed. Um, Mr. Malema, um, so I, re- I was listening to the news last week. I saw Mr. Isma Khashule saying, you know, <laughs> come on, Juju. So we're thinking, we're like, okay, so supposing. So the ANC is trying to woo you back. David Mabuza has said as much. Khalima Mutante has said as much. What are the possibilities of you ever going back to the NC, given that supposing they dangle a very nice carrot. No way. But deep what what do you say to that? Well, I think they're talking amongst themselves because no one has spoken to me. I've got very good contact with President Mutlante. I've got a contact with Ace. I have contact with Didi. I was with Didi uh, at uh, St. Ignace Church during the Easter Sunday. He never mentioned anything. And all of us, all of them do not mention anything. But for some reason, when I'm not there, they speak about me. 
so they never speak to me uh, about me but surely they know the answer they always say that during elections to confuse the EFF electorate that maybe we're wasting our vote here this guy is going to go back to the ANC there's no need to invest in this project because anyway it will collapse so I think it is deliberate um, to confuse the EFF electorate because after election it goes quiet it will come back again in 2021 <laughs> is, is it even worth you know allaying those 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 fears you know to to potential voters because i think people perceive you as someone who um is so intricately interwoven with uh you know anc uh, politics sometimes you make statements that uh, exhibit a knowledge of such of such intricate nature within the anc and people keep on going within the ANC. <laughs> is, is, yeah. it, is, it, is it even worth it trying to allay those things? No, uh, uh, yeah. I think our uh, voters are very clear that uh, it mm. will not happen. And, uh, you know, there is too much dust in the ANC because they are fighting amongst themselves. Mm. You can't just walk into a house where people have taken out pangas and guns, they are shooting at each other, and you say, that's where I want to go and rent a, a back room. Mm -hmm. uh, that's suicidal. Um, I've left the ANC, I've made progress where I am, and there's no need for me to go back to the ANC. I, de I don't speak to anyone in the ANC about ANC issues. They just bring, they bring them to me. <laughs> uh, they just tell me, because uh, they fight amongst themselves, and I speak to all of them. Uh, I don't have a problem with President Ramaphosa personally. Uh, I speak to him when there are issues uh, which I think requires the attention of the state president. I call him. So, and I call, I speak to President Ramaphosa's people, and I speak to Ace Mahashule's people, Zuma's people. So, when these ones are fighting, these ones, they give me information. When these ones are fighting, these ones, they give me information. And, um, I use it for the benefit of South Africans and uh, the EFF. Mr. Malema, are there people fundamentally that you wouldn't speak to? You spoke to me about, you know, there's constantly cooperation and communication um, um, among the political elites. Are there groups of people that you would say, no, actually, and is... Not, not at all. I, I am a, a one person who believes that um, we must uh, persuade one another, um, even if we disagree. We will never know if we agree if we don't talk to one another. We ought to talk to each other at all times. You must speak to your real, real enemy uh, and engage in order to avoid, uh, you know, dropping blood on the floor because there is absence of engagement. So sometimes we think we don't understand each other. We talk past each other because we never gave ourselves a moment to mm. talk. So I'm not that type that fights with people and then say, don't talk to me. I mean, all my exes from primary, I still talk to them. <laughs> I don't have a problem with them. <laughs> so I'm not that I say, hey, don't, don't talk to me, don't call me. Yeah. No, I always want to listen. I want to engage. I believe in the engagement. You have the distinct uh, disadvantage, uh, just as an individual, of having been someone who literally grew up in the public eye, in the sense that uh, people have known about you since you were a very young man. And over the years, you have said a lot of things mm -hmm. that after a while, you have then changed. He said, no, 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 I mean, I will, I will kill for Zuma. And then also, you know, President Zuma is like the worst uh, president we've ever had in this particular country. I, I mean, I remember, you know, writing something along the lines that when, you know, you are confronted with new information, not changing your mind is an impression. It just makes you 
and impregnable mm. fortress of stupidity. Mm -hmm. um, but not everyone feels that way, particularly in the political ar arena. People sometimes will say this about, about yourself personally. Mm -hmm. Julius will say this today, but you don't know what he's going to be saying tomorrow. How do you respond to, to that? Well, from a policy perspective, everything mm. else I said, I've said it from when I was very young. And mm. the good thing, like you said, is that I've been in the public eye mm. uh, from an early age. Mm. So if you talk free education, if you talk Winnie Mandela, if you talk all types of left politics, mm. I've articulated them when I was in Cossas. When we closed down Johannesburg, if you go and look at the memorandum we wrote in Cossas at that time, and the memorandums I write now mm. are still the same. So I've been very consistent on individuals. Political dynamics change from time to time. Mm. Supra Mahuma Pilu was a man of Tawambig in Polokwane and uh, in uh, against Zuma. Mm -hmm. In uh, Nazareth, he was for Ramaphosa against Zuma. Mm -hmm. Because every epoch in politics presents different dynamics. And therefore, for you not to be informed by material condition at a time to make an informed decision, you will uh, have yourself to blame because you'll be left behind. You can't say, since President Zuma has deteriorated from what we thought he was mm. to a monster he has become, I must still say I will kill for Zuma, even when the man has changed. Everybody, not only me, Bladen Zimande, uh, Figile Mbalula, Zelen uh, Zimavavi, all of us said he's the man of the people. It never, It didn't take us more than a year to realize is the man for his family and his immediate friends. Uh, and when such dynamics present itself, we can't say, no, since we supported him, we must go to the grave with such a, a support. Then you are no longer being a politician. You are a fanatic. You are, a, you are, you are like an Orlando Pirates <laughs> once and always. So, so whether it loses or not, it doesn't matter. The more it loses, you will become a staunch member or a supporter. It can't in politics. It doesn't work like that. Mm. Our guest in studio is Mr. Julius Malema. If you want to uh, contribute to the conversation that we're having, give us a call zero eight six double zero double zero ninety five nine. Mr. Malema, we just heard an ad from the EFF. Now, um, you position yourself as a party for the people, for the poor, with um, and that you represent those people's interests best. So, of course, you can belong to whatever club you want to belong to. <laughs> if you want to belong to uh, Razmataz or whatever it is, it is your uh, democratic imperative to do so. However, the Inanda Club is something that is historically racist and elitist. Why did you want to become a member and why are you a member of the Inanda Club? I'm not a member of the Inanda Club. Are you not a member of the club? My wife stays ah, in Hyde Park. Okay. Uh -huh. Inanda Club is not far from here. So we've been members of a, a, a Virgin Active where Jimmy in there. So she said it is closer to her because half the time I'm not here and it is safe. So she joined. And uh, for purposes of gym, but it comes with all types of things. And then she was asked, are you married? Yes. To who? <laughs> Julius Malema, provide the details. Then she comes back, she says, they want to publish our names as a new members. I'm like, no, I'm not a member. They can't publish my name. Then she says, no, baby, they say both of us. I'm like, okay, let them do it because I don't see anything wrong. So that's how it came to be. Is I'm not a member, I'm a... 
I'm uh, I'm enjoying uh, spousal benefits. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. no, <laughs> loud yeah. Yeah. you're yeah. not so a I'm, I, I, I wouldn't have, uh, out of my own conscience, although there's nothing wrong, but why would I go and join a club? I don't even know what they do there, what are the issues and all of that. So I, it was, and I didn't even see it as a problem mm. because as a woman in business who comes from a business background, business family, uh, as a uh, professional accountant, she belongs to different types of bodies uh, and she's got her life of her own, which I'm not in control of. Uh, so I can't be saying to her, you can't do this, do this, do that. If she said fit for her to join, my role is to support her. You know, but that said, you play on Twitter um, yeah. a lot. So you've, you've seen this and I think I've actually seen you respond yeah. to such allegations where people basically say, well, the EFF wears red, mm-hmm. uh, they talk black, mm-hmm. uh, but then they live green, as in people talking about flashy cars and what have you, and people... Uh, then go after you and they say how can you be revolutionaries when you seem to be living lives of opulence well well all construction workers when they go they take off their overalls we can go to alexander over the weekend you can't find those people wearing overalls mm. they wear their clothes so we wear yeah. overalls when we're at work yeah uh, and when we're at home we wear our clothes we never lied about where we stay. Yeah. I never said I stay in Orlando or I stay <laughs> yeah. in Soweto. Yeah. I, I, people have always known that Julia yeah. stays in Santen. Julia's have, people have always known that Julia drives a Range Rover. They Sars took his house in Santen. They didn't take it in Alexander. Mm. Yesterday when I was in Alex, I said to the people of Alexander, one day when you are angry and attacking Santen, you are going to even attack some of us. Mm. who stays in Santin. And when we try to call you to order, you will say to us, you have abandoned us, you have joined these people here, you have forgotten mm. about us, you are part of them, therefore, you are also going to be attacked. I've never said to the people of Alexander, when we go as people of Alexander, we're going to attack those people in Santin. Mm. I say you're going to find me there. I never lie about uh, what I eat, what I wear, and where I stay, and what I drive. Mm. Uh, because as a leader of a revolutionary party, by virtue of being in parliament, you have committed a class suicide. You are no longer a working class. You are an elite. Because being in parliament comes with all types of benefits. And therefore, to want to pretend that you are a, a living like an Alexander person, uh, that is disingenuous. And the people of Alexander will not like that. Be who you are. And if people don't like you, they won't like you. If they like you, they must like you for who you are. And if with me, uh, I am uh, what you see. I'm not something else. Uh, uh, so uh, the one that says, no, uh, you wear overalls, and then from there you want to be something else, I'm like, come on, dude. Even the poorest of the poor have got that dress of yeah. uh, the real stuff when there's real activity. Yeah. They abandon the, the working clothes and get into the things. You know the culture of Lisa Peur, where these um, Congolese guys um, who work very menial jobs, but on Sunday, oh, yeah. on my mind, yeah. on a Sunday, yeah. they wear the best. So I can actually concede yes. that point. Like yes. That is what happens. We'll be taking your calls. We see you. You've been very patient. We're taking your calls. If you have any questions that you want to ask Julius, here's a question that I have 
have for Mr. Malema. Um, you have gone very left field. There's a, a popular issue that is always taken advantage of at time of elections, and that has to do with Afrophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our brand. You are the only party that has completely taken a different route by saying, and that makes you almost seem ridiculous by saying, get rid of the borders. This is Africa. How can an African be illegal on in one's country? Um, and you even up to your point where you said you, people who don't like that can keep their xenophobic votes. What informs the EFF's principle on this matter? Well, the EFF is an anti-imperialist, anti-colonialist uh, left organization. If people read the EFF uh, policies, they will realize that in our founding manifesto, which we adopted in 2013, we said the EFF will strive for the African unity, will do away with the borders, will allow the free movement of persons and goods in Africa. So we believe very strongly that Africa is not a continent, it's a country. Because these borders were imposed on us by colonizers. And that's how they continue to steal from Africa through keeping these borders and dividing Africans. One language, one economy, one currency, one people of Africa are a threat to imperialism, are a threat to Europe, are a threat to China. And therefore they know that they can only thrive if Africans are divided. And you know what is even painful is that the imperialist still controls the minds of our people who are saying, no, uh, you want to get rid of the borders and allow these foreigners to come here and commit a crime. But if you look at uh, prisons of, of South Africa and who is in prison, mm. it's not foreigners. Mm. It's our own people. If you look at the people who perpetuate domestic violence, it's, it's people who are known to us. Uh, people who rape the young and the old, it's people who are known to us. If there's a problem of drugs, we're now told it's Nigerians. But none of the Nigerians owns a club in these posh places where drugs are being used and exchanged at night. It is in particular white people who own the clubs, but they are never accused of drugs. Uh, it is easy to accuse uh, Africans mm-hmm. who do not even own uh, these clubs where these things exchange hands. So it's a self-hate. It's a problem of self-hate which was instilled in us by our colonizers because what colonizers do, they make you in their image. So black as you are, you think you're British, you're white, that's why your English must be this polished and be closer to them because they've made you in their image. Not only that, even gave you their language and anything else that doesn't look like your colonizer. It's not uh, an appealing thing. It's not right. That's a very unpopular view. It I is know so that unpopular. You, I know that. Done, we get so done. many calls on yeah, our show when we say that. that. I know. I know that. And uh, yeah. you, you know, you will rather die on principle than on a political expediency. So uh, you're I cannot. Those voters. I cannot compromise an EFF uh, uh, founding principle on the mm-hmm. basis of votes. People must vote you for who you are not for what they think you are. Uh, let, let them know the real EFF, that the real EFF want the United States of Africa, where all of us will use the same currency which will be in competition with dollar. Yeah. It is 18 minutes before four. Taking your calls as promised, Nelly Swa in Hatfield, you clearly disagree with Mr. Julius Malema. 
Um, hang on just a second. Let me just have. Um, I'm good. Hang on, Nelisa. Nelisa, uh, let me just uh, let's put on his um, earphones um, so that he can uh, hear the calls on a zero eight six double zero double zero ninety five nine. Go ahead with your cash, uh, question, Nelisa. Julius Malema is listening. I know what you're going to be very defensive and very disrespectful after me asking this. You have this thing with you of introducing our policies that you cannot you yourself implement, or you use the, those very policies um, to, to to benefit yourself. You were with the ANC. Now I'm asking, Wuti, when opening the borders, what will happen to issue a incident? You're promising incident, but you 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 um, saying that we're not going to have borders and people can come in. We are fighting for jobs already. So what are you going to do? about that. Please stop promising people among and then you go back to your posh house and continue living with your, your life like you said nothing. Thank you. All right, yeah. Nelisa, that is uh, your question. Oh, she dropped the phone quickly. How about you? <laughs> no, uh, she's very emotional. And when you are emotional, you abandon intelligence. Um, uh, so we, we, you can't deal with such a person. So to, to show that She's emotional. When she's suspecting I'm going to disagree with her, she says I'm going to be disrespectful because she can't stand the truth. The truth is you don't have jobs now, yet there are borders. And you're saying we're not going to have jobs when you open the borders. You don't have jobs now, even when the borders are there. So the problem is not about borders. The problem is about how do we create a sustainable jobs how do we grow our economy, which will translate into closing the widening gap between the rich and the poor? And how do we give our people quality education, which will make it easy for them to be employable or to create uh, their own employment? So when you are emotional, you are unable to see that. And these are the things that you are told by your colonial masters that these Nigerians come here to take your jobs, these Zimbabweans come here to take your jobs. But go and look at the types of jobs that Zimbabweans are taking. Are the types of jobs that South Africans do not want to do because there's no money in those jobs. Many of them are now in the farms because South Africans do not want to work in the farms. Many of them are the ones who are cleaning toilets because some of us do not want to see ourselves doing those types of jobs. So... There they are no jobs. There's no any foreigner that took your job. There is no border that protects your job. We can get rid of them now. We can reverse a truck and put all of them in a truck. And they all go. You'll still be unemployed. Some of them go to an extent of saying, well, they take our women and all that. It's not our problem. <laughs> As if we're appropriate, yes, first of all. Yes, so it's, a, it's a, an emotional thing because... All of us, if we were to trace our history, we're going to locate ourselves somewhere in Africa. All of us, irrespective of which tribe you are. So it is disingenuous, and let's not be emotional about it uh, and, and talk about posh houses and all that. That anger is going to arrest you and, and chain you into poverty for a very long time. Liberate yourself. <laughs> 13 minutes to 4 o'clock. Remember, we are streaming this conversation on Kaya TV. Lerato and Protia, you have a question for Mr. Malema. Yes, I do. Malema Likai. Rona Likai, mom. Our Rona. Alexandra, uh, you were saying you you were defending actually the resident who used illegal electricity connections in townships and informal settlements. Yes. And should 
uh, your party assume power, you will have no problem with it. Now, my question is to you, should you resume power, God forbid, that happened? How, what kind of plan do you have? Because people are now going to be illegally connecting electricity. How, how are you going to plan that ESCON does not get find itself in a mess that it already is? Because illegal connection, it will, I think it will then affect ESCON more than it has now. Well, I, I don't think that South Africans should be treated as people who are crazy. The reality of the situation is that when people connect electricity to their houses, it means electricity can be connected into those houses. So let's zoom in and formalize it because they've showed us the way to avoid them illegally connecting and children being exposed to danger. Let's go immediately and connect our people. So when you say they must not connect electricity illegal, why do you allow them to build uh, shacks uh, also in a place that you may deem not to be safe? Once they build the shacks, they are actually whispering to the government that we need houses. Act immediately since you are saying the place where we have built the uh, shacks is not a safe place to stay. Build us houses agently and relocate us. Connect electricity to us because we have shown you that it is possible to connect electricity. Why should government go and disconnect people who have demonstrated practically that it is possible to get electricity into this place? They have done so without any professional intervention because they are not electricians. They are not educated to that extent. Let's bring the expert already and professionalize it and make it formal. It will not be something that is going to be out of control. It's like when I said, when the university said we have closed, Zuma announces free education after universities have closed registration. And I say to students, walk in there. He said education is free. Walk in there, go and register because you didn't register because you thought you were paying and you didn't have the money. The whole country went up and said, he wants to cause stampede. People are going to die. How can he say children must walk into the university? The children walked into the university. No one died. More than 100,000 students got free education who responded to that call. It's not true that ESCOM will have a problem. ESCOM actually has got the capacity to give us electricity, all of us. It is compromised by the shenanigans that are happening in ESCOM. Let me ask you this. Um, and you, by the way, if I stayed in a place where there's no electricity and I can see this, you can be connected. Uh, if I stay in a place where a pipe of water passes villages into a mine, pipe of water passes villages, villages that were there before the existence of that mine, they don't have water. And then we must be this civil and not do anything. The day we tamper with that pipe, that's the day they are going to give us water because they know that it will affect productivity of that mine. The best way, let's connect them water so that we avoid them connecting water illegally uh, and, and so on and so forth. So people are taking initiatives because those that must take initiatives are sleeping on duty. And this is, uh, Papa, you continue um, rather consistent with, with you supporting people just occupying vacant pieces of land where, I, I, where they need land. And I found it's like that.
Mm. Black people have always occupied land. Mm. So far, Songa Mpanza in Soweto led the occupation of land. That's mm. how black townships were, many of them were established. They started with illegal occupation. Before you knew it, they were formalized. So I've not taken, I've not, this is not my initiative. I won't claim that. Mm. I found it like that. And I'm saying to my people, let's continue to occupy the land. And look at what happened when we said people must occupy the land. People are beginning to be allocated stands of land. The ANC, the ruling party, is now beginning to say we need to speed up the issue of the land. There is a land hunger. People cannot wait any longer. So let's talk a little bit about democracy, which is something that people seem to be very invested in. And um, I'm not only so because you can't really eat a vote, um, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I'm curious as to the democracy that we have right now in South Africa. Is it the best way that uh, that freedom can be achieved for the majority? You know, is it the best system that we have to achieve the results that we need that will benefit the majority, the vast majority of this country? Because just to add on to that, you are always saying this. You keep on saying th- now is the time for action here in South Africa and then you look at places like Rwanda, like Paul Kagame, who just goes in there and says well, quite honestly, human rights can take a back seat, let's, let's move and, and get this done. Where, where do you stand on this? Well, um, this is the best we have. Mm. Madiba negotiated a political freedom mm. then inserted in that constitution, amendment of the constitution. He said this is a difficult period of negotiations and in the negotiations is give and take and therefore if i want to take everything i will not see this thing through he says to them okay fine give me the vote you can keep the rest with the hope that the generation after will use its political muscle to change the constitution and change the material condition of our people president mbegi comes gets a two-third does nothing about it Zuma comes, gets less than two set, almost, then does nothing about it. It is not about the system. It's about the political will. What do you do when you got the decisive majority? Because President Mandela said, with a decisive majority, you can do anything you want to do because you've got the power. We are not using it. We have not used it. So South Africa requires the bold leadership a decisive leadership which is not part of the elite pact which was reached during negotiations where people in a pretentious way said no 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 you're going to keep your properties no one can do anything to them because it was convenient at the time let's go beyond the sunset losses we need the sunrise it can't be sunset forever it must be sunrise at some point. <laughs> Six minutes to the top of the hour. Katleho in Dobsonville, you're our last caller. Do you have a question for Mr. Malema? Yes. Hi, Mr. Malema. Hello, ma. Yeah, I know. I, I, uh, this uh, program with the EFF, why do you always like fight when addressing issues, when you're resolving issues? You, you always become violent as, as a party. We always see you in parliamenting, you understand? So what do you mean, Katleho? What do you mean, Katleho, when you say they're always violent? Please be specific. You know, like, uh, you'll always see the EFF, uh, like, using violent, uh, like, like, words of, of of anger, like, fighting, you, you know. We, we always watch them on, 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 on TV. On, like, they always disruptive such things 
I don't so know. It's like Leo, I don't know if we're watching the same channel. Anyway, I'm not a spokesperson. <laughs> uh, Mr. Malema, speak for yourself. Katleo, if it was not of that attitude, Zuma will not have paid money. Zuma will still be president. The Guptas will still be milking your country and you'll be left with nothing. Because we would have arrived in parliament and adopted the attitude of everyone and then we were told about the decorum. Let me tell you, my sister, change is very rude and is very disruptive. If you want things to change, the environment is going to be messy. Just try it there at home and try to make renovations and see what's going to happen. Just changing a room, one room of the whole house, the whole house is going to become a mess. That's what change does. You want to change parliament, you want parliament to have teeth. You have to change the way you have been doing things. Remember, Nkandla was not started by EFF. Mm. It was started by DA. They couldn't get it right because they were honorable members. They were complying with the decorum. They were ladies and gentlemen until the EFF arrived and said, we've had all of that. It's no longer going to work. This is how we're going to do it. And today, everybody is happy. We've reclaimed our country. And by the way, no single court of law has ever found the EFF guilty of any wrongdoing in that parliament. We've always been within the law and the limits of the rules of parliament. The only difference is we stretch them. People are scared to stretch their rules to the limit. And if I remember, the violence was uh, visited upon your nether region. We were actually Bona. beaten. We were beaten. It wasn't fun. There was, um, actually, there is a female mm. who uh, had a miscarriage uh, from mm. the EFF side. Uh, side. Mm. From those beatings in parliament, uh, there were women who were uh, uh, admitted in hospitals by, beaten by the bouncers which were hired by the ANC to defend the corruption of Jacob Zuma. If it was not of that attitude, I'm telling you now, this country would have collapsed, would have become another failed African state. Just as a parting shot, Mr. Malema, in about 45 seconds or so, is there a succession plan in the EFF that does not include you? Absolutely. Look at them. They are here. Um, Dr. Ndlozi, Floyd Shibambo, Dalimpofu, Tlengiwe, Lien Mateis, young, energetic, charismatic leaders are there. I'm not going to leave the EFF through a coffin. I also want to go and relax and get to enjoy life because I don't know what is life. Because you just said it. I grew up in politics. I don't know anything outside politics. I hope I'll have a moment one day to just live life without having to engage in political uh, activities. Thank you so much for taking the time. You've got a lot of these to do. <laughs> um, Thank that you very was... much. Orlando Stadium, 5 <laughs> May, Orlando Stadium, all of you, the festival of the poor, we are in Orlando Stadium. Come early because Tabo Tlich. That is Julius Malema, ladies and gentlemen. Uncaptured. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind.